He promised us that he would be our counselor. A mighty God and the Prince of Peace. He promised us that he would be our Father and will love us with a love that would not cease. Well, I tried him and I found his promises are true. Is everything he said that he would be the fondest words I know cannot begin to tell just how much Jesus really means to me for he is more than my mind can conceive is more wonderful than my heart does believe he goes beyond my highest hopes and fondest dreams he's everything that my soul ever longed for everything that he's promised and so much more more than amazing more than marvelous more than miraculous could ever be he is more than wonderful that's what jesus is to me That song, I woke up with it in my mind and in my heart this morning. And as I played in my mind, I was reflecting on my childhood days, well, teenage days. Well, yeah. And I couldn't stop just remembering when I learned this song or why. Um, found that expressed how deeply grateful I am to Christ for what he has done for me um, I learned it while I was in the choir and um, it has blessed me so much as a child growing up um, I'm reflecting on the fact that you know, when I got saved, how, <laughs> how I was introduced to a new love. I was introduced to something that I was thirsting for, but I didn't really realize was always available. Um, I, I, I often share how 
loved I felt when I first started going to the church I was a member of First Missionary Church and how the hugs I would get from the persons in the church just really impacted me just a simple thing as the hugs they hugged a lot at that church it was a church of a lot of mature persons it was not a young church has been around for years i think over 90 years now and so i remember how i was introduced to love in a different way just through the human touch and it really meant so much to me. It made it easier for me to walk with the Lord because, you know, of the love that I felt and I could see around me. They really did take good care of me at that church, yeah. But more importantly, they, just by going there and Experiencing that, I was able to fully embrace the love of God. I was really able to fully appreciate a lot of stuff about God, the love of Jesus. And I'm laughing to myself, you know, because I, I got saved at 16, but I could have gotten the benefit of salvation much sooner except that I didn't fully understand when I heard the preacher say, give a life to Christ. When I was a little younger, when I was around 14, I used to go to visit another church where um, they, they, they really tried to adopt me at that other church, but I didn't really, they really didn't stay. But I remember when they had crusades and so on, and you know, they were saying, give your life to Jesus. I didn't really fully understand it. I was like, I'm not sure what this thing is about. I was confused. I never fully understood it. But, you know, interestingly, I, now, I was always aware of God. I was always aware of God as a little girl. I, was, I had this awareness. In fact, I still have a, even though I get glimpses of my past as, as a little girl, I couldn't have been more than five, six, they are both, or maybe, maybe seven, when I had this very weird experience, it's like, it's like I was present, but not present in the moment as a child, and, um, you know, throughout my years, I've really, really, I've really known a, that God exists, at I believe um, from a very tender age, I, I grew into an awareness of God, um, partly because my mommy would play a lot of gospel songs. So morning, early morning was dedicated to gospel songs or she had to turn on the TV to listen to Oral Roberts or some other preacher. And so I was always in an environment where there was a level of awareness of God as a little girl growing up and so um, I grew with that but to be introduced to Christ I got saved at 16 and I you know interestingly the way it happened I 
didn't go up on a, at an altar call. I visited First Missionary Church with my basketball coach upon in, invitation of my basketball coach, who was a deacon at the church. And he, by through that invitation, which interestingly has a story behind it, <laughs> um, when I visited, I decided to keep going and. I heard that there's a membership, there's a class, there's a class that I could attend. And I started attending that class at the church and I better understood. I didn't even know I was, I was giving over my life fully because that class was a class for new converts. And I attended and I followed everything. We went through the books and stuff and I got settled in and Sooner or later, I was being prepared for baptism. And it was just like a smooth process. It's like, oh, yes, yes, I'm going this. You're right. I'm doing this and this. And as, a, <laughs> as a young girl, you know. And I got baptized. And I was firmly, I was absolutely certain, absolutely certain that being baptized, and, and fully serving the Lord was what I wanted to do. There was, as I said, it was a smooth process for me. There were no second guessing, nothing at all like that. And so I, I gave my life to God. And I, I accepted the Lord. And I have I've never known a better, a greater love like the one that I know in Christ. I've never known a a more impactful love you know i've never known such grace and power before christ it is absolutely awesome to be in his care to know him as my lord it's absolutely wonderful to know the king of glory the song that I sang earlier, I'm playing in the background and and as I said, it has been in my thoughts since I woke up and it's just, it's really an expression of how I've, I've always felt about the Lord. He really loves us. He's really more than wonderful. He is. Listen. Is everything 
So he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Let us not forget who Christ is. And I'm just going to share a few scriptures that describe who he is. He is God from the beginning according to St. John 1 verse 1. In Colossians 2 verse 3 it says, In him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Colossians 2 verse 9 it says, In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Revelations 22 verse 13, he himself says, He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. In Revelations 22 verse 16, he himself says, He is the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. In John 14 verse 6, he says, he is the way and the truth and the life and that no one comes to the Father except through him. Yes, he is the same Christ who demonstrates that we must be prepared to go low. Put off what we are known for or known as. We have to put off the reputations that might get in the way of the work of God. And that is what he did. He put off his reputation, made himself of no reputation. And he took up servanthood. And he's teaching us that we also should take up servanthood. That we are to put off the reputations that might get in the way and become obedient to the will of God, the Father. His purpose for our lives is far more important than our reputation. So he has demonstrated that the purpose of God is more important than his reputation. And we must obediently serve this purpose as well. Secondly, Christ allowed himself to be humble, not to be humbled. He became humble. He humbled himself. That's what the scripture says. He humbled himself. Not God the Father humbled him. But Christ Jesus humbled himself. Humility comes from within us. It is something that we decide to do. God can cause situations to come in our lives to make us get to this place. But it is up to us to become humble. That's what we choose to do. Thirdly, Christ demonstrates that humility will come from come with much sacrifice. Humility will come with much sacrifice. For him, God, in, a, in fullness, for Christ, God in all fullness, had to die the shameful death of the cross. I can imagine this is a significant sacrifice because this is something that the eternal God who cannot die had to do. In fact, to me, to die almost seems counterintuitive to the everlasting and eternal character of God. Yet, Christ made this sacrifice and died 
for us all that we may be saved. In humility he died, yet he lives. In Revelation 1 verse 18, he says, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Awesome. Philip, first Peter, verse two twenty one teaches us that we are to give focus and attention to this sacrifice because it is showing that suffering comes with the sacrifice that we make for Christ. The suffering is demonstrated through the death of the cross for us. The suffering that comes with humility may not be a physical death, but it, it, it takes something from us. But we are comforted in 1 Peter 2 verse 21 because it teaches us that even, even in like manner, like this situation where there is a level of suffering that causes us to feel depleted or become less in, in some instances, that because Christ also suffered for us, he has left for us an example that we should follow in his steps. We likewise will have to make sacrifices in humility. That is not just about putting off our reputations or what we're known for, but will require suffering that feels like death. Remember, death to self, that book was something for me. The lessons continue to teach me a lot about suffering. The last thing that Jesus taught us from Philippians 2 that I want to highlight is from verse 9. And it is that Christ is rewarded for obediently humbling himself and serving the will of the Father. The scripture in verse 9 says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. It is so rich, this name, Jesus, that when we say it, it resounds the authority of the Godhead. The scripture says that at the name of Jesus, at this very minute, every time we utter the name of Jesus, things happen. Every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When we humble ourselves, there is great reward. James 4 verse 10 teaches us to humble ourselves before the Lord and he will lift us up. May you be blessed by these scriptures. Have a good day. Hear these praises from a grateful heart Each time I think of you 
The breezes start. I love you so much. Jesus, I love you so much. Lord, I love you. My soul sings here in your presence. Carried on your wings, I love you so much, Jesus. I love you so much. Oh, my soul longs for you, longs to worship you forever. in the house just to do a reflection and I even though there's still noise because of my little love plum just busily doing his own thing right next to me in another room I decided to push through what I want us to reflect on is Jesus revealed in the book of Revelation I've been doing a an exploration in the book of Revelation and as a result I have been um, listening to um, an audiobook by Chuck Misler that is really a commentary on the book of Revelation and let me tell you I am listening to the audiobook but I'm also reading the book of Revelation and it has been an awesome experience now, this morning what I want to do is to reflect on what what I'm, I'm, I'm seeing in chapters 1, 2, and 3 in terms of how the Lord himself describes himself in the book of Revelation. And there's one particular description that he gave himself that resides and resonates so 
deeply in me. But before I get to that one, let me explore with you what he has said about himself in the book of Revelation. In chapter 1, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 8, rather, he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. In chapter 1, verse 11, he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. In chapter 2, he says, he's described as that one that holdeth, in verse 1, in chapter 2, verse 1, is, is when as he as he as as he speaks and addresses the churches he describes himself as the one that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand and who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks in chapter 2 verse 8 he says as he addressed the church in um smyrna smyrna he says these things saith the first and the last which was dead and is alive in chapter 2 verse 18 he says as he addressed the church in thyatira these things saith the son of god who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire and his feet are like fine brass hallelujah continuing in chapter 3, as he addressed the church in Sardis, he writes, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Hallelujah. In chapter 3, verse 7, as he addressed the church in Philadelphia, he says, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. Hallelujah. In chapter 3, verse 14, now this is where I can't, I can't stop reflecting over a week now. He says, as he addressed the church at Laodiceans, the church of the Laodiceans, he says, these things said the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Friends, I have been just thinking about the Amen, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Amen, the ultimate, the finale. Oh Lord, this is a powerful description. The Amen. The, it speaks so strongly to his authority. The Amen. Oh God, when I reflect on it, I am seeing Jesus with such great authority and power. Hallelujah. The Lord Jesus Christ is the Amen of our lives. He's the amen of all creation, of every situation, every circumstance. He has the final say. He has a final word. His purpose is fulfilled in us and is completed. 
It is such a gracious thing to know the Amen. The all-powerful one that settles all arguments. The all-powerful one that comes. The one that opens and no one can shut. The one that shuts and no one can open. That's the Lord Jesus Christ revealed according to the book of Revelation. May you be blessed by him today. May you know him today. May you love upon him. May you worship him today. Hear these phrases from a grateful heart. Each time I think of you, the praises start. I love you so much, Jesus. I love you so much. Bless you.